T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, world, and welcome to Trust the Tape, the best podcast there is, the best podcast there was, and quite possibly the best podcast there ever will be. Oh. I'm Jeff Kavner. What? That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's uh, someone else said that before. I stole it. Oh yeah, okay. I believe, I believe that was Brett, the Hitman Heart. Classic. Yes. But welcome everybody to another week of Trust the Tape, talking uh, college football, NFL draft, sometimes NFL football when there's rookies involved. Everything that matters in the world of sports. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh alongside Dane Brugler, and we say good morning to Dane first. That's what matters. Good morning to Dane. Good morning. We uh, we actually had college football this weekend. Yeah, you're going to have to fill me in. Uh, yeah, I saw... You didn't check out that Jacksonville State uh, Chattanooga matchup? Or? I was at the lady's house, and okay. there was some sort of football on, and she was asking where a better game was. And I was like, <laughs> just leave what's on. Like, that's what we got. All right, get it out this weekend, because this weekend coming up, we got plenty real of, stuff. Yeah, plenty of games that you don't want to change the channel. Give me what mattered over the weekend. How did little number 37 do at Colgate? Good. Uh, Pat Afrie, uh pass rusher, uh, looked pretty good. Uh, not much competition uh, going up against Cal Poly. But, uh, you know, Colorado State, big win over Pac-12 uh, opponent in Oregon State. They looked good. South Florida, who a lot of people are predicting could be have an undefeated season, uh, you know, could be a contender for not only a New Year's uh, New Year's Day game, but uh, also could they possibly sneak their way into the playoff? They were in some trouble early against San Jose State, but they ended up running away with it. So uh, a rocky start for Charlie Strong, but they pulled out the victory there. But you know, as we talked about, the the big game is going to be uh, the big games are coming up this Saturday. Stanford also Saturday night in Australia, uh, they just ripped through. Rice and it kind of it makes it difficult because I do want. An, do you have an Australian accent? Can you do that? No, I, I just always say hello, whether it's like England, Australia, yeah, or Ireland. Just, right. Hello. It's it kind of there's some carryover there. Yeah, it I could, don't know. either way, but but I don't know what to think of Stanford because Rice is bad. Okay, they looked pretty bad. It's, what a but, hater! But is it, is it Stanford looked that good or is Rice just that bad? We'll find out in two weeks when uh, Stanford and USC play. Uh, that should be a a great early season matchup to go along with all these other great matchups. Now, are you just dis- are you just dismissing Thursday and Friday as college football? Uh, of course not. Dane, I watch I looked at the schedule. Thursday I got Tulsa at Okie State. Yeah. I got Buckeyes. Ohio State and yep. Indiana. Yeah. I have football oh, on yeah. Thursday. It, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. There's college football every single day, five days straight. Uh Sunday night, there's some good games. Texas A and M uh against UCLA in the Rose Bowl. That'll be fun. Two head coaches that a little bit on the hot seat. Uh Josh Rosen coming back to the field. How does he do? Uh, so a uh, plenty I'm of sure action. He'll be next. really cocky about whatever he does. Right. That's what sure I hear he's known for. Very cocky. Yeah. Uh Saturday, so I wrote down a handful of names. My rule is if you play a directional school, I'm not gonna bring you up on the podcast. Dane will have to. <laughs> Okay. That's my rule. If you want me to say your so name. the Western Michigans of the world. Right. There was a Western one in there. I think there was a Northern. Somebody was playing a yeah. Northern or a Southern. <laughs> okay. And so they didn't get included. 
But so Southern Cal, we're not going to talk about them. No. Okay. No, that's their fault. Sorry, Sam Darnold. They didn't have to schedule that game. Now, which one are they doing? We'll is just that, we'll just call them U- USC. Who are they playing? A Southern team? Well, they're Southern Cal. Oh no, but who are they playing? I don't think I wrote them down because they're playing a nobody. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll worry about them in two weeks when they play Stanford. I did write down Maryland at Texas. Are either one of them going to be ranked to start off? Texas is ranked. Okay, I great. mean they're barely in the top twenty-five. You know they're trying to. Uh, you know, kick off this Tom Herman era with a bang in Maryland. Uh, you know, they they showed some good things. They got uh, badass uniforms, dang. Yeah, Maryland's yeah, got good uniforms. I mean, since they've joined the Big Ten, they've kind of been an afterthought. They've, the question's been, okay, Big Ten, why, you know, is it really important to get that East Coast uh, team in there that you had to add Maryland? We'll see if Maryland uh, lives up to it this year. Uh, big opening non-conference game against Texas. All right, so I tried to plan out every day, everybody's day for them Saturday. That was my goal. Okay. So here's what I got. In the morning, you're going to flip back and forth between Maryland, Texas, and Boston College, Miami. Mm-hmm. No, Miami, you get to watch Miami because they're Miami. Like, it, we lived in the 90s, so Miami will always be special. Well, you okay. watch Miami. Well, and the reason to watch Boston, that game is Boston College, Harold Landry, who is probably a top 10 pick, the top pass rusher in the 2018 draft. He's, he's Vic Beasley. Uh, but the reason I don't like that is because you didn't mention the biggest game at noon that I want to see, and that's Wyoming at Iowa. Oh, damn it. I forgot about freaking Wyoming. And we got to watch Josh that's Allen. That's to see Josh Allen. Uh, what can he do against that Iowa defense? Uh, you if know, he completes 56% of his passes again this year, is he going in the top five? Eh, maybe. Why? We'll see. It. What we'll, are we doing? The, okay. Look past the stat. We'll watch the tape. That'll tell. We will watch the us. tape and we'll trust it. Right, exactly. That's what we do. That's exactly what we do. We but for trust. for Josh Allen, he loses his top three targets from last year. Two of those guys might make NFL rosters. Uh, we'll see on cut day how they do. But you know, Josh Allen lost a lot from last year, including his running back. What can he do against this Iowa defense? A lot of pressure on him, and he knows it. I mean, he almost came out for the draft last year. He's already been told he's going to be a top five pick. There's a lot of hype, a lot of pressure. Can he live up to it uh, on the road in Kinnick Stadium against a good Hawkeyes defense? You know, no Desmond King, but plenty of still draftable talent on that Hawkeyes defense. Saturday at two thirty, what we do, and this is Central Time Zone, but Saturday at two thirty, unfortunately for OU, who's hosting UTEP, mm-hmm. you are not the prime time game here, Baker Mayfield. You, your headband, and all of your cockiness. No, but if we'll you do, be watching Michigan at Florida. If you do, if you do want to watch that game, UTEP has a guard, Will Hernandez, worth checking out. Okay. Of course they do. UTEP's a powerhouse. Yeah, they don't use a direction; they use a city name. They, they do. have El Paso. Uh, it's okay. Oklahoma, uh, or you know, they're going to take care of UTEP. Florida, Michigan. This is this is the best storyline in college football this week. One, really, they're wearing color rush oh, uniforms. Terrible. Two. Florida will not say who their starting quarterback is. And in return, Michigan has one-upped them. Jim Harbaugh has not released a roster. Yeah, He won't tell you who's on the football team. He's like, yeah, we don't know who their quarterback is. Uh, we're not going to release our roster. I, oh, I noticed that back in June when I'm you know, preparing for the season, I'm starting to look at senior prospects. Okay, you know, pull up Maurice Hurst, their really outstanding defensive tackle. And their roster still says 2016 roster, not a spring roster. <laughs> they won't update it. This is in June. I was like, okay, whatever. And then a couple weeks ago, started seeing some articles about it, how, yeah, they just refused to update. I mean, so the freshmen, all the freshmen, incoming freshmen, not on the roster as of right now. I'm going to tell everybody a secret. Hold on. The sun's behind me. College football coaches are petty. They're petty. Oh, yeah. It happens. Back to Dane.
so, yeah, we do have the color rush uniforms. We have a lot of suspensions this game. Florida suspended, I think, eight players for this game, including Antonio Callaway, their really talented wide receiver who has so much talent, but the focus issues on the field and then the off-field issues, uh, you know, it's anyone's guess where this guy is going to end up getting drafted, uh, you know, six to eight months from now. Uh, but you know he won't be playing in this game. And then Michigan, they return, I think, what, six starters? It's just amazing the turnover on the roster. I mean, they had the most guys drafted last year, the most guys invited to the combine, and we're going to see that this year. Now, of course, Harbaugh recruited well. Uh, there's plenty of talent, but a lot of young talent uh, for Michigan. So we'll have to see Ohio how they State, do. You think Ohio State runs away with that conference, or do you think Michigan's a legitimate threat? I think Penn State's the most... The biggest threat for Ohio State with Saqu- as long as you have Saquon Barkley, yeah. they have a shot. And I mean Trace McSorley, what he did down the stretch last year, uh, they have some dudes on defense. Marcus Allen at safety. Uh, and they so, found a new guy to just throw the ball up to and hope because they lost Chris Godwin. They did lose Godwin. They have uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, they have a few other guys. I don't think either one are going to be uh, you know Chris Godwin in terms of that type of talent, but. You know, as long as again, as long as you have Saquon Barkley and that offensive line, which seemed to gel at the, towards the end of last year, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be a threat. And so it's it's going to be a great matchup. The game is in Columbus this year. I'm almost positive uh, Penn State at Ohio State. So advantage of the Buckeyes there. Uh, but Ohio State, it's just amazing how they have reloaded this year. I mean, they have 16 top 100 picks the last two years. This year, they might lead all college programs with draft picks, depending on the juniors that come out. They're absolutely loaded. And Kevin Wilson coming in as new offensive coordinator, uh, one of the best offensive minds in college football. Uh, how will that impact JT Barrett? Will we see improvements from him? Uh, the thing is, is with Michigan, what we see Saturday against Florida will be drastically different than what we see against Ohio State uh, the Saturday after November, or Saturday in November, late November when they play. Because this is such a young team that I don't think we're going to know what Michigan's going to look like at the end of November. So I think it's still early to say, but it would be a surprise if Ohio State does not win uh, the Big Ten East this year. All right, now the game that really matters. Now okay. all the games matter. We're going to trust the tape on every game. But the game that really matters, Florida State at Bama. This Saturday, 7 o'clock, I'd like to give a hearty salute to both teams for playing a real team, yeah. for, just for my college football viewing pleasure. Bama is Bama. I'm going to leave it at that for a second. But the dude that I'm learning more and more about that makes this game fun for me is I got to see Derwin James yeah. play. He's Florida a State. God, you read about what people say about Now, he was hurt last year, right? He missed all almost all of last year. But he, as a true freshman, he was yeah, a it, certified badass that lines up everywhere. He's like 6'3", 211, runs like a track star, and they're like, yes, he plays safety. Until we want him to play corner and cover a guy. He, or line up at DN and rush the passer, or line up at linebacker. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, teams don't know. They haven't seen film. He's excited about it. Derwin James versus Bama. I'm in. Derwin James, yeah. Much anticipated return. Number three. He's one of those rare dudes where... They made Jalen Ramsey sound like a bum when they were yeah, talking about this dude. He could have came out after his freshman year, and he would have been a top 10 pick. I mean, he's that good. He's that physically mature, that athletic. I mean, he would not look out of place on an NFL roster right now. And really, I mean, we talk about you know Alabama, Florida State. I think we'd be expected to talk about the front sevens, but it's really about the secondary. And for both these teams in this game... For Florida State, you mentioned Derwin James. Uh, you know his long-awaited return to the field. How does he look, especially against? And he's very good against the run. Uh, but he's going up against Bo Scarborough, Damian Harris, that Alabama really talented Alabama dynamic duo. 
uh, at running back. So how does he do? Does he shake off the rust right away? Is there going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for him? Uh, and then at corner, Tavares McCadden, uh, McFadden, excuse me, from, uh, from the for the Seminoles might be the top cornerback this year. Uh, you know, talk about the ball skills, the speed, the athleticism, the size, the length. Uh, he's going to be matched up with Calvin Ridley. That should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and then on the other side for Alabama, their secondary is loaded. Minka Fitzpatrick, he's in that Jalen Ramsey type of mold. Where is he a corner? Is he a safety? He might be best as a safety. So I'm going to call him a safety. The NFL is going to play you probably corner. Will, yeah. He's going to be awesome. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, I honestly, I think that's might how, how it's going to play out. I, he's he's a badass free safety. Let him roam. He's going to come up with. Uh, the big interception. He already owns the Alabama record with four pick sixes. And he's a true junior. But he's over six foot, over 200 pounds, and he has the athleticism and the length to stick out, uh, play outside at corner. And so teams might view him best outside, just like they did Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, number 29, definitely the guy to watch. Anthony Averett, uh, corner from Alabama, probably the top senior corner in this draft. Uh, a guy who's fighting to be in that first-round conversation to me, last year, he looked like he had first-round tape, and he was dealing with a, with a hernia, a sports hernia, all of last year. So he should be even better this year. Is sports hernia the one that's right by your... Yeah. Right mm-hmm. above it or right to the side of it? I, I don't know that. Yeah. It's but, tough, I've heard. Yeah, it, not not good. Yeah. But he played through it. Uh, credit to him. And at strong... So Minka Fitzpatrick, he's going to be that free safety, the nickel. Strong safety, Ronnie Harrison, not afraid to come up and hit you. Uh, so, yeah, that Alabama secondary is loaded. And then, I mean, their front seven's loaded, too. A lot of new names, you know, no Jonathan Allen, uh, no Tim Williams, no Reuben Foster, but you have Rashawn Evans, and you have uh, Sean Deion Hamilton, and you have Deron Payne, Deshaun Hand. So this Alabama defense is absolutely loaded. Surprise. For Florida State, it's going to come down to their sophomore quarterback, uh, oh, ho, ho, DeAndre oh. Francois. Can he not make the mistake, and can he do enough to uh, you know get the offense in positions to score? They have a true freshman running back who's really impress- uh, impressive, Cam Akers. Uh, he should sit out for two years. Don't go run into <laughs> stuff for three years for free, sir. They're going to the well, need him in this game. Uh, and I, I think Alabama. This is favored. the game where you get hurt, Dane. Yeah, play oh, yeah. Bama. Sit down, young man. They're favored by a touchdown. Uh, and I, I think that's probably what I, I would expect the final score to be something like, you know, a, a 24 17 type of game, 31 24. Uh, I do give Alabama the advantage. But when's the last? I don't remember ever having a season opening game with two top three teams. Uh, ranked. It just it's no. Rare. Who did I watch at Jerry World? I watched. Was it Florida State, Oklahoma State? Yeah, a and that was a good game. Few, yeah. yeah, but Oklahoma State was more of a top twenty team that year, top fifteen team. Uh, that was the year Florida State was coming off, or no, they won the national title that year. I think because that was Jameis Winston. Jameis might have been on the field that day. Yeah, that, that, that Jameis was, was still yeah. there, wasn't he? Oh yeah, that was no, that was the year after they won the national title game because that was yeah, uh, Jameis's redshirt sophomore year. Um, and that was when we first got introduced to Emmanuel Ogba and some other good players. But yeah, no, I mean, this is, and this is going to be uh, kind of kicking off the new stadium they have in Atlanta. Uh, that it looks really cool from the outside. Uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium, I think they call it. I don't remember. But uh, it's nonetheless, this is going to be a really fun game. A lot of storylines. I mean, someone asked on Twitter, I saw how many first rounders in this game. Gosh, 48. I, yeah, I don't know how you even... Uh, <laughs> let, let's just say first-rounders for the 2018 How draft. many are in Bama's secondary that are going the first... Like, is there three or four first-round secondary players? You got Derwin James at Florida State. You might have You just five. ran through the Bama entire yeah. secondary. You, you might have five just in the secondary, just for the 2018 draft, 
with Minka Fitzpatrick, Ronnie Harris, and the two safeties from Alabama. Anthony Averett, the top senior corner, who is that late first, early second round range, fighting to be a lock first rounder. McFadden from Florida State, who uh, number four, who can be a first rounder. Could be the top corner this year if he plays like he did last year. And then, of course, Derwin James. So as long as he stays healthy, you can you know pencil him in the top five. Yeah, so go ahead and watch the secondaries. That's going to be a yeah. game. Anything else coming up this weekend that you want to get into before we do Twitter questions, before we do other things we got on the docket? Uh, mentioned uh, the games on Sunday. I think both those games are – why they scheduled – there's two games on Sunday. Texas A&M at UCLA and West Virginia versus Virginia Tech. They're both scheduled at the same time. Why? I don't know. But it really forces college football fans to pick and choose who they want to watch or yeah, flip back stupid. and forth. I just want to throw that out there. That's stupid. It's TV stations, you know, not... They're going to war. Yeah, instead exactly. Instead of just taking turns winning. So A&M at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Uh, I believe that's on Fox. Josh Rosen making his return to the field. Uh, missed the second half of last year with a shoulder issue. How does he look? Uh, you know, kind of getting back, knocking off the rust uh, against a Texas A&M defense that is just flat-out terrible, uh, especially you take off Miles Garrett, take him off. Uh, the other pass rusher, what's his, what was his name? Who, Deshaun Hall? Deshaun Hall, take him off. I wouldn't call him a pass rusher. Yeah, he... He lined up at defensive He did. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That he did. Uh, I do want to see Armani Watts, uh, the talented safety for A&M. How does he look? Uh, and then, of course, Christian Kirk for the A&M offense. Uh, what does he look like? What, what can he do against the UCLA defense? And then West Virginia, Virginia Tech, um... West Virginia loses quite a bit from last year on defense. Virginia Tech loses a lot from offense. Uh, so a lot of inexperience, but uh, some few a few prospects in that game for West Virginia. Uh, safety, Kaiser White, uh, bro- younger brother of Kevin White. Uh, Kevin White actually has two younger brothers on West Virginia. Uh, Kashan is a wide receiver who and both could get drafted. We'll have to did, see. Did they both deserve to get scholarships, or was that like the Kevin White scholarship fund? No, they're both they're both solid players. They both both might get drafted, uh, which would be the first time since I believe. Will the, they be good players before Kevin White's a good player? I don't know. With has he gotten hurt two years in a row? Yeah, he hasn't. I mean, he hasn't played. Yeah. I mean, with I saw him catch a ball in the preseason, and I got really excited. I was like, I remember you. Well, with Cam Meredith now going down for the Bears, maybe you know Kevin White can he see more targets this year? I just hope he stays healthy. Uh, I mean, if he busts, he busts. But hopefully, it's a it's a bust that's you know you just rather him at least be on the field, let him try, give him a sh- give him a shot. Um, Virginia Tech, they're loaded in the secondary. Uh, Edmonds, a linebacker, is outstanding. So plenty to watch uh, the entire weekend. Uh, prospects, good college football, all of it. All right. Now the first question that I have from Twitter, Dane, mm-hmm. and all the questions are for you. I decided <laughs> all of them. But the first one is from Jacob, and his question has to do with a podcast we considered for a while called Trust the Taste. Oh yes. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a barbecue question for you, Dane. Shout out to our guys at Meat Church. You're going to want to get the gospel, uh, the holy cow. Honey hog, the honey hog. That's 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 my go-to rub for all all pork. Yeah, if you like, if you're the best at ever making barbecue, I'm ashamed you're not trying to get better. Hit up Meat Church, get your rubs. Yeah, right. follow, follow them on Twitter too. They they do a lot of cool things with some tutorials, and uh, I mean they they know what they're talking about. You you can learn a lot just by checking out them, checking them out on social media, checking out all their products. Uh, a lot of great stuff going on with Matt and his crew. Jacob said, best way to smoke a pork loin. I've never done it. I don't know. I can do chicken, and I can do steak. That's what I got. That's what I got. Well, those aren't really smoking. That's you're grilling. Right? I'm smoking. Them. <laughs> okay. I'm using offset heat, sir. Okay. That is smoking. Do you use wood? 
No. Oh, then I, okay. I use charcoal. What make? I mean, that, okay, you can use charcoal, but what makes smoking smoking is long and slow. It takes me a long time to cook the chicken. I check the temperature all the time. It takes me like an hour, hour and a half. Okay, that's will, a long time. There you me. go. That is a long time. Uh, that, so for pork loin, you know, I think it could be really good. I think first of all, you trim it. Add whatever rub you want to it. I I do kind of equal parts salt and garlic pepper. I think that's all you need for it. But again, honey hog would be great. Oh. Uh, you know, whatever rub you like to use, coat it. Uh, and then I keep the smoker at 225 degrees. And if you do maybe a two to three pounds pork loin, it'll go pretty quick. I think 90 minutes is all you need. Get it up to about 145 degrees. Let it rest for 30 minutes, and you're good to go. I mean, that's after 30, 90 minutes, I think it's probably going to get as much smoke as it's going to get, uh, and it's going to be uh, a, a pretty tasty pork loin. A man named Jeff Skin Wade on Twitter says, outside of quarterback, what's the hardest position to project and why? Hmm. And I thought about this question for a long time, and I'm really struggling with it because I do feel like there's some that I have a I, – I, I feel like are easier than others. I think the position I settled on that is tough, uh, that is not quarterback, is offensive line when they're not studs. Mm-hmm. Like the studs you can see, right? right? It's like, yes, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, he's athletic, he knows what he's doing. Bam, done, right. checkbox, put him in the first or second round. But you start looking for the, the offensive lineman traits, and I have a hard time thinking a guy's going to be good when it's like, I, I can't think of the guy's names off the top of my head, but there's so many that the NFL will take in the first two rounds because their arms are 40 inches long. Right. LaRaven Clark, was that a Texas Tech guy? Yeah. You watch him and you're like, he can't play football. And it's like, well, you know, he's got long arms and yeah. he's kind of athletic. I'm like, he can't play football. Yeah, an 87-inch wingspan. Right. How are we projecting? So, like, offensive linemen who don't have great tape are the ones I struggle with. Where yeah. It's like, man, I don't know where to put this dude. He can't play. I agree. And it's... And that's where, you know, you, you really focus in on the traits. Uh, you know, and for me, with offensive linemen, it all starts with the base. Uh, but it also goes into, and this is what makes scouting so tough, is, okay, what have they been coached? You know, if they really struggle with, you know, coming out of their stance or using their hands, you know, maybe they had just haven't been coached up enough. And so uh, for some guys, it's coachable. And once they get to the NFL, they learn how to use their hands and they can grow in that area. So it, it really is tough. Um what is the toughest position to project besides quarterback? I'm all uh, over receivers. I'm all over running backs. Those are yeah, easy. Tight ends are easy. I think the corner can be tough. Corner can be tough, especially depending on scheme. Yeah. Uh, you know, because the NFL, they want press corners. They want guys, big, tall, long guys that can get up in the wide receiver's face, play nose to nose, and, you know, excel in press coverage. But a lot of uh, college teams, they play off or, you know, they, they don't play press coverage. Like so, Clemson, they get their dudes playing sideways, and you're like, I know yeah. these guys can play, but they're playing this bail, bail zone, technique and, open sideways. Right. What are we doing? They're turning their hips before the snaps even, uh, before the snap. And so it, it corner can be very tough because there is not a position that is drafted based on workouts more so than corner. Right. Because of just the natural traits and the size, the length, the speed. Uh, and the different schemes they were asked to run in college. So I think corner definitely in, in that conversation. Uh, for me, center has always been a position that I've I had to, I've probably had to learn the most in terms of what I didn't know compared to what I know now, uh, compared to what I still need to know. Uh, center can be tough, but I, I think corner, that definitely makes some sense. Is uh, This is from Chase on Twitter. I'm at JC1053. He's at DP Brugler. 
Is candy corn the leading cause of childhood obesity in America? I'm going to say no, and I'm going to blame technology. Uh, I'm going to yeah, say our kids, are, our kids are large because they don't go outside. Right. I know that's the 60-year-old man answer. Like, back in my day, we raced to the fence and back every Tuesday for eight hours. We also played our sh- fair share of video games, though. I had a few. Yeah. Right. Well, that, was once, that wasn't as a kid kid. Right, right. That was as a teenager. Like, I was a pathetic loser. I was on either SOCOM or Halo at all times from age 16 to 21. <laughs> like, while playing college football, I was like, practice is over. Time for Halo. Yeah. Let's go get down. But kids now, they know how to use your cell phone and an iPad when they're four. I know. That's, when they're four. And it's it's tough. Go I mean, build I, an imaginary fort. Like my, my oldest is two, okay? And... It's just it's so easy to put them in front of the TV, give them an iPad, give them that, and I, my wife and I try really hard not to lazy do that. parenting, Dane. No, we don't. We we once in a while. I mean, he gets to watch a an episode of Paw Patrol or Bubble Guppies at, at night before Never he goes heard to bed. Of it. Put on GI Joe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, trust me. I've already uh, started to introduce him to some of the, what I grew up with. You know, the Rescue Rangers, the Tailspin, uh, the GI Joe. I mean, he'll get his fair share of that. Don't worry. Uh, but you know, he's only two, so we'll get there. But yeah, it's. I mean, at what point do you get him a cell phone? You know, my, my wife's a third grade teacher. Middle they all school, have cell homie. Middle they school. They all have cell phones. Damn it. We've become the old people. Yeah. I mean, we, I'm like when you're 15, get your permit, you get a cell phone. I mean, a cell phone, I mean, I know you can have like parental restrictions and stuff, but I don't want them to access the internet. There's a lot of bad stuff on the internet. Internet's the devil. It's the greatest, yeah. worst creation of all time. Absolutely. By far. And, and so I don't want them to access, I don't know. That's a, maybe we need to have a, a trust the, I, I could do a great parenting podcast. As a man with no kids, I'm all over this. I One feel, day. I've got a real handle on this. One day. No, I think I'm like Daenerys. I think I'm barren. <laughs> yeah, it's just my guess. Yeah. It's just a gut feeling. I can tell. I can feel it. Uh, let's see here. Do you have any questions you wanted to get to? Do you have any Twitter or Facebooky or anything like that? Because I got other ones. I'm not afraid. Oh, keep going then. Let me see here. Any, meeny. Well, before we end this episode, money. we do need to... You and I need to give our predictions for the Final Four and the conference championships. Bama. Is it? Wait, is, is this, that a good enough answer? Well, hold on, let's, let's, Bama. It's the conference by conference, okay? Okay. I, I, Big 12. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State. Me too. Oh, you son of a... I thought you were going to go OU. Well, then I have no. to go OU. That way one <laughs> of us is right. Okay. I'm going to pick Oklahoma State just because it's not rookie head coach. Yeah. And I like the receiver to wide receiver or uh, quarterback to wide receiver. Mason Rudolph, James Washington, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to give the edge to the head coach who's not new. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's been around forever. Uh, and he's a man. Mike Gundy, he is a man. He looks a lot like this actually. If you're on Facebook Live, you can see me. I have a visor and long hair, but not a man bun yet. I'm working on it. Okay, Big Ten. Ohio State, easy. Yeah, well, easy. I think it'll be easy until the Big Ten championship game. I think Wisconsin, it'll be Ohio State, Wisconsin, and then wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin you know, made it a game. But uh, I would like to see Saquon Barkley at Penn State win the conference by himself. Yeah, I would like that. He he's awesome. He's the type of guy that could do that. I would not rule that out. I would also like to see old Geese. Is it Geis? Geese? Geis? 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 Geese? Geis? The LSU running back, I'd like to see him beat Bama by himself. I don't think he will, Something but I'd like to see Leonard it. Fournette didn't even come close to doing it. Well, guys, is a better player. Ooh. So, we'll save that for another day. Could he get picked higher than four? Uh, no. Okay. Could Barkley? Barkley possibly could. Okay. All right. Maybe. Which, uh, where were we? We haven't had a running back drafted top three since 
Trent Richardson. Oh, that, one, that worked out that well. That was a great pick. Yeah. Okay. That was an awesome pick. Um, Don't pick a running back if you can't block, you idiots. ACC? Uh, Florida State. I think Clemson. God, that's asking a lot for Clemson, isn't it? When you it talk is. about no Deshaun Watson, no Mike Williams, no Wayne Gallman. Jordan Leggett. I'm sure the whole offense is gone. Yeah. And that a lot was, of the offensive line's back. Uh, Deion Kane is kind of the new. I mean, what? Clemson just seems to replace these guys. They got that D lineman who's a badass. Oh, they got five D linemen oh, okay. who are badasses. Okay. Christian Wilkins, and I mean they they really are loaded on the defensive line. But they lose a lot in the secondary. I mean they lose, they lose a lot. I mean they lose uh, uh, Bullware, who you know I know was not much as a, as a prospect, but as a college player, I mean he was the heart and soul of that defense. And like Deshaun Watson, it's more than just what he did on the field. I mean just. He's he was the team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was the face of the locker room. He was the face in the huddle. I mean, he. It's different when you have turnover all the time. Like Deshaun Watson was the man. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's going to be asking a lot for Clemson to. I mean, I still think they can win. You know, eight nine games right. and be a, a very good team. But I yeah, I agree. I think even if Florida State loses to Alabama on Saturday, which I do think they will, uh, I, th- I still think Florida State is the favorite to uh, win the ACC, and I, I have them over Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game. All right, what have we missed anybody? Uh Pac-12. Uh USC. N- Darnold hasn't lost a game. I agree. The man I, is undefeated. I am going with USC. Um Washington, they they lost a lot, they return a lot. Uh Washington's not going to be a pushover and then Stanford. Man, I, again, Rice is bad. But Stanford did what they wanted with them. Their backups did what they wanted with them. So there's a lot of talent on Stanford. They lose Christian McCaffrey, but Bryce Love in that offensive line is going to be the story of Stanford. The defense is pretty good. They've got a uh, really talented corner uh, in Meeks. They've got a very good uh, couple linebackers. So, I mean, Stanford not going to be a pushover. We get USC and Stanford, what, week three? Uh, So I'm going USC over... I say USC over Washington, the Pac-12 championship game. Browning's still there? Browning's still there. With his little tiny arm? Yeah. Although he had a Trying little bit of best. an injury last year. We'll see. Maybe his arm's a little stronger this year. They lose John Ross, but uh, Pettis, the other wide receiver, I think uh, is he's going to keep that passing game as strong as it was last year because of uh, because of what Pettis can do deep and uh, all over the field. Uh, uh, SEC. Every conference. Oh, SEC. Okay, yeah, whatever. I'll not giving any other team a chance. No, I'm not. Okay. Why? What's the point? It's Alabama. Name like power rank. Who has a chance? Auburn, LSU, maybe Auburn. uh, Yeah. Those are the top two Auburn with Jarrett Stidham coming in. Do they finally have that quarterback? Maybe. I mean, I I think Stidham has that talent. Um, You know, it's asking a lot with just his relative inexperience, especially uh, against uh, SEC competition. So Bama by 30. I don't think it'll be that bad. But Bama by 13 against LSU. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, right. Someone's getting fired. And then can the East produce? The SEC East, can they no, produce? No, they can't. I mean, Thanks for asking. They're a terrible division. To me, Georgia is the team to watch, okay? I, I, I'm i a believer in their quarterback, a sophomore, who uh, is could be a future star. We'll see how he does this year, how he develops. And then their their running back duo with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. I think both those guys. Uh, There's a good position group. Could be enough. Yeah, exactly. So I think Alabama over Georgia in the SEC championship game, but I do think Georgia is a legitimate threat. But Alabama is still the favorite. 
All right, and I'm going to go with the final four here, my time-honored tradition okay. of saying that the Big 12 just won't make it because no one likes them. Uh, that's, I think I would go the conference winners of everybody else, Ohio State, okay. Bama, Florida State, USC, final four, book it. Book it! I don't disagree with you, especially because I have three of the same teams. I am going to give the nod to Oklahoma State over Florida State. I, I think that Florida State might... They're going to lose Alabama, or if they Ooh, do they're lose, gonna lose Alabama. They're going to lose one more, aren't they? They're going to be a two-loss I, team. Yeah, I think they might be a two-loss. Oklahoma know, State's Louis- going to be a one-loss team. Louisville might get them, or yeah. you know, I think NC State might get you know, or One of those teams, uh, even if it comes to the ACC championship game, you know, could get Florida State. So I think they might be a two-loss team where Oklahoma State, I don't, it wouldn't shock me if Oklahoma State rent the table. Now, I think they might get tripped up against uh, a TCU or uh, you know one of those Big 12 teams. I... I Bedlam, uh, I believe, is in Stillwater. So I, I think yes, you know, it is. advantage could be for Oklahoma State there. And it's in early November. What could hurt the Big 12 this year is the conference championship game. Uh, you know, if, okay, what happens when... Undefeated Oklahoma State loses the conference championship game or undefeated OU right. loses... Or Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then... Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State in the title it, game? Exactly. What, what do you do there? And say they're, at that point, they're... They're both two lost teams, maybe, or you know, then they're both out. But if that if Oklahoma State was undefeated going into the Big Twelve championship game, but then Oklahoma beats them, Oklahoma State only has one loss, but they lost the conference. They didn't lose. I they would just say whatever. You weren't. You're not supposed to make the playoff. And, and beat that, them again. And that's where last year Oklahoma State would have made the playoff because it'd be undefeated. But this year, because well, the they Big had 12, a fake, they had a fake loss. Oklahoma State had the fake loss. Well, I'm saying if Oklahoma State was undefeated last year oh, yeah, in the Big yeah, 12, yeah. they would have made it. Right. But if they're undefeated this year in the regular season, they might not make it because they could lose in the Big 12 championship game. So this is a case where the conference championship game could actually work against the Big 12, which, you know, I I, I don't like to see the Big 12 being the laughing stock. But if that does happen, it, they will be. And they'll be ridiculed for adding the conference championship game only to keep themselves out of the Final Four. Hopefully that's not the case, but... Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I still I give the the edge to Oklahoma State, USC, Ohio State, Alabama's my final. Four. Who wins the Heisman? I'm going. I'm going back to back. It doesn't happen. Really? It doesn't happen. That's I'm going tough. back to back. I just think okay. So Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Why back to back? Because I think his numbers are going to be the same. But the gonna, same won't do it. I, I think they will. See, I, don't, I think I don't it was think just the same. Think, does it? I think because in sports you end up like we are so. I don't want to say dumbed down. But you get to the Heisman finalists, and they're going to put up graphics. Yeah. And the graphics are going to say your numbers. And Lamar Jackson's are going to say he's responsible for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. But and he's okay. going to win again. He's already set the bar. What he did last year for a lot of Heisman voters is he's the bar. He's going to be a better player. Okay, but... I don't know if the numbers will be bigger. And that's the problem. And that's why we we don't see... Oh, the past few years, we've seen so many underclassmen win it and then fail to live up to the height. You know, Tim Tebow, Manziel... Uh, Winston, Jameis Winston. We, we've seen so many of these these underclassmen win the Heisman only to fall short because the bar has been set. There's two running backs wise, that could easily win it. I just don't. I, the, quarterback numbers are way too sexy. Agree. And that's quarterback why, numbers are too sexy. That's why, to me, Sam Darnold's the favorite. Especially if USC goes to the Final Four. If USC's in the Final Four. Can Sam Darnold win when Lamar runs for 1,200 and Baker Mayfield runs for 800? And like They just have these bonus stats that are sitting there like, hey, give well, me your vote. When Louisville's going to be you know, probably you know, an 8-9 win team and USC's going to be a 12-win team, 11-12 yeah. win team. I mean, I think that 
it, it, you know, we, we can have this conversation with, you know, NFL and Major League Baseball and should wins and, you know, team success matter. But it does, especially in college football with quarterbacks. So I, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson can't win it. Absolutely. He could win it. But He's I think, already won it in my heart, Dane. We're it, tired of the disrespect. And I think he'll be he'll be happy to hear that if he doesn't win. But I, I think the two two favorites for me are Sam Darnold, Saquon Barkley. I think Baker Mayfield, I, he belongs there. Uh, Lamar Jackson, those would be the top four. And if there's a fifth, I, it might be JT Barrett with what he does this year. I think his numbers will never get him there. But the addition of Kevin Wilson this year, I, I think he's gonna really improve he's as a teach passer. Him to throw? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it, we'll see a big. He's killing my guy Noah Brown. He's killing my guy Noah Brown. We're trying to put up numbers in college. Yeah, feed me the rock. Get the ball down there. And I think JT Barrett will put up enough on the ground as well, where you know he'll have X amount of scores on the ground. X amount of you know total scores will be you know close to what Baker Mayfield has. So I think that will be. And if again, if Ohio State's in the Final Four, if JT Barrett is one of the main reasons they get there. That, that, that'll get him to New York. I mean, Jabril Peppers was in New York last year. Yeah, but that was dumb. Yeah. Oh, that's why Derwin James will be there. Mm. Yeah, Derwin James will be there. He's going to play a bunch of positions and he'll have better numbers. Well, but he won't, well, he re- he's not, he won't yeah, return. He's not going to be like that impact returner. Uh, and, and he won't get snaps on offense. I think that's what really people fell in love with But Jabril's, Jabril's numbers were like, I was on uh, the field. Preaching to the choir. Hey, what's up, I man? I was out there. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's how we're going to end the podcast. Whatever. Eager to see Jabril Peppers this year in Cleveland, though. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, ask me where to get this T-shirt, and I'll tell you. It says barbecue on it. All right, that's Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh. Enjoy the weekend. 105.3 The Fan at JC1053 on Twitter. Subscribe to this bad boy on iTunes and everywhere else that we are. Where are we? Play.it slash trust the tape. iTunes, trust the tape. Whatever link we tweet out. Yeah, we're all over the place. Uh, Hit the five-star review. Don't hit the four-star. Hit the five-star review and then leave a comment. Something along the lines of, man, that was really good podcasting, guys. Thanks for that. Just leave that verbatim. We'd appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Trust the tape. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.